It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show, getting you ready for a big time showdown for BYU basketball as they head to Moraga, California tonight to take on St. Mary's. The Gales looking to continue their dominant win streak over BYU on their home court. We'll talk about that. You'll hear from Jake Toulson about the streak and the play of the team recently, a one-on-one conversation exclusively here on the podcast. We'll also catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news and continue on with our all-decade team in football with the best kicker from the 2010s for BYU football. So a lot to get to on today's show. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. And thanks again for joining us. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it. This is Locked On Cougars for January 9th, 2020. Hey guys, this is Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to like normal. BYU basketball will kind of be our big topic today as they head to St. Mary tonight for a showdown against the Gales at 9 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN2. BYU enters this contest 12-4 with a 1-0 record in West Coast Conference play, as opposed by the Gales, who are 14-3 overall on the year, 1-1 in West Coast Conference action. They lost in four overtimes to Pacific last Saturday. But this is going to be an interesting contest for BYU. BYU has had more success playing at Gonzaga than at Moraga as a member of the West Coast Conference. BYU, since joining the West Coast Conference at Gonzaga, has a record of 3-5 and five on the Zags' home court. In Moraga... One and seven. The lone win came in 2015. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. Eric Mika, the former BYU star forward, had the did the choking thing after the game. But BYU trying to snap a five-game losing streak in Moraga, as well as keep alive a six-game win streak this season when they take on the Gales tonight. It'll be a fun game. I'm excited to watch it. I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth. These are two teams that have had their differences over the years. Guys like Randy Bennett, the head coach of St. Mary's, is a little bit of a cantankerous soul, but he gets the best out of his team. There is no doubt about that. Jordan Ford is the leading player in this game for St. Mary's, averaging 21.6 per game. Very talented player. Not the biggest guy. He looks a pretty slight of build, but he just gets it done. He can shoot from anywhere on the court, and you're averaging 21.6 points per game. That's pretty impressive. Uh, forward Malik Fitz averages 15.8 points per game with eight rebounds, while Tanner Krebs and Tony Koos, I think is how you pronounce his name, know their roles. Uh, they're guys they are going to be keep an eye on in this game. And This is just a hard-nosed St. Mary's team. There is no doubt about that. They just play the right way. 
Uh, Yoli Childs going into this game uh, injured his right hand in practice on Tuesday. Pope said that he would quote be fine as you heard yesterday here on the podcast regarding that. In talking with some people, some insiders around the program yesterday, there is some doubt that Yoli Childs will be available for this game tonight. So keep an eye on that in the lead up to this game if Yoli Childs is available to go. An injury to a shooting hand is never something you want to mess with. And if Yoli Childs is unavailable, it's going to make BYU winning at Moraga all the tougher because Yoli Childs has just been on fire since returning to the BYU lineup after his nine-game suspension was lifted or he played out his nine-game suspension. I just I look at this. Without St. Mary's, it will be a tough, tough contest, but excited to watch it all the same. Talked with Jake Toulson about this game in an exclusive one-on-one conversation I had with him on Tuesday after BYU basketball practice. Without further ado, let's get to it. Here's Jake Toulson with myself. Nobody on this roster has beaten St. Mary's in Moraga. I understand that you've been at UVU for the bulk of your career, but how how important is that to this team to go out there and get a win on St. Mary's home court? Yeah, I mean it's 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 huge. I mean not not just it being St. Mary's and having you know never won there or not, nobody on this team, but it's just important because it's our next game. Like we. We, we feel like we've been getting better all season and we want to continue to do that. So um, our mindset all season has always been, you know, this, this game right in front of us is the most important game. So uh, we're going to treat it like that. And, um, you know, going on the road against a tough team, uh, it'll, it'll be a fun environment, but we're looking forward to it. Is that kind of the hallmark of this team, though? You guys go game by game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, I mean there's nothing you can do about, you know, games that you've you've played and you can't look forward either all you can do is control what you're doing right now and and that means preparing for and, and focusing focusing on the, the task at hand so we're locked in on st mary's right now and um and we're gonna you know give it our best shot it's pretty hard-nosed st mary's team is just mm-hmm. a kind of hallmark of randy bennett's squad what do you see from them uh they're they uh they're they're really connected they play well together um they're always um, in control. They always are under control. They don't get sped up. They're they're a veteran team. They got you know guys that have played and um, understand the system and what they're what they're trying to do. They they really execute. They are tough defensively, um, and, and they're just they're you know they're a resilient group that well coached, play hard. But uh, it'll you know it'll we've got our hands full, but it'll be a, a fun a fun uh, task for us. You ever played in a four overtime game? Oh no, I've never played. <laughs> Wait, I think triple is is the okay. longest I've been in. Um, how how tough is that playing extra minutes in a game? Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. I mean, if you think about it, they played a, an entire extra half. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a uh, that's a lot of minutes for those guys to be playing. And uh, yeah, it's it's tough, and especially you know when when it's a close game you got to make a play but it's triple overtime you're just dog tired on the road like it's uh it's tough but you know so it says a lot about them and you know they just grind and compete so we're looking forward to it I'm gonna ask you this question you may know coach Pope better than anybody on the roster outside the coaches I guess I should say what has it been like seeing him make the transition from UVU when you played for him there to now the head coach here at BYU? Yeah, it's it's been really cool. I mean, I think uh, I always knew that he he had big dreams and and wanted to you know go for it all. And this taking this job is a huge huge step for him. And um, 
you know, just just being along for the ride and, and you know, being together through through the ups and downs and talking about things and, and going out and doing them. Like he talks about, you know, doing things that we've never done before. And, and we've already done some things here at BYU that have never been done here before. So just that, you know, that's, that's really cool because he's the type that, you know, he might seem like he's, he, he's a talker and he's just all you know saying saying all this crazy stuff but he actually means it and and no one's going to stop him so it's it's fun to to be along for that ride and to to be a part of it he called you at one point the best junk ball finisher he's ever seen what is a junk ball junk ball it's just like it's kind of like just like awkward off speed like wrong feet just like just like awkward finishing close to the rim it's almost like old man ball not like physically but it's just like you can't time it and it's just like you have really good footwork you can you know get the ball up on the rim and good touch I think that's what that means and so I'll I'll take that as (laughs) I'll take I'll take that You've also made a three in all but one game this year. What's kind of been the key? And I want to actually kind of expand that to the whole team. What's been the key to you guys shooting the, high, the three at such a high clip? Just taking good shots. Uh, we're trying to to take really good shots, and, and we own every shot we take. So um, take good shots um, and and share the ball. Um, you know, make the defense guard a little bit, and then if you're open, shoot it. Like we don't we don't pass up open shots. So that's been that's been key to our team this year. Is the own it? I've heard it from Coach Poers and other coaches. That's just kind of the okay. You just need to have the confidence you're going to make that shot. Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not thinking about anything else. You're you're jumping up and you're finishing the shot. You're owning it. it doesn't matter if you air ball by 100 feet. Like if you own the shot, then um, then it's great. And if you pass up the shot, coach is going to have a problem. Or if you don't own the shot, then you know it's we want to give ourselves the best chance of, of making shots. So uh, that's what we do is we own them. Jake, thanks so much. Appreciate it. There you go. Jake Toulson, BYU sharpshooter. He's made a three-pointer in all but one game this season. You heard him talk about the fact that this team, BYU, one of their hallmarks, and I've stipulated this on the podcast in the past, just very much a team that looks game by game. They don't get ahead of themselves. They don't look backwards, as you heard Jake say. They also don't look forwards. They focus on what is in front of them. And that tonight is a game against St. Mary's. Like I said, 9 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN2. Those of you listening on the East Coast, I wish you nothing but the best. It's an 11 o'clock tip-off on the East Coast. And I think it should be a fun contest once again. I think these are two teams that are very proud, both looking for wins. St. Mary's coming off that four-overtime loss to Pacific. Obviously be motivated to really reassert their dominance over BYU. And if Yoli Childs is ultimately unavailable for the Cougars, going to be a tough road to hoe, to use that expression, when it comes to BYU's chances in Moraga tonight. But we will break it down for you tomorrow on the podcast, get you my reaction after watching the game tonight. So it should be a lot of fun. All right, we'll switch gears here in just a second. We're going to talk BYU football. Our all-decade team rolls on the rollout. We didn't get to a player yesterday because we had a lot to get to on the podcast, but we'll get to it today. We're talking BYU kickers here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, when you guys are out and about driving in your car, if you have some downtime at your house, 
house makes for a great time to catch up on all the BYU sports news you need to catch up on with this podcast, the Locked On Cougars podcast. All you need to do, you can do this hands-free essentially, tell your smart device, your smart speaker, your smartphone, play podcast Locked On Cougars. That way you always have that podcast right there and it plays and you're done and you're on your way being the smartest BYU fan in the room. I would encourage you guys to continue to support the podcast that way. It makes it real easy to stay up to date because you are a captive audience when you're driving around. We try to keep this podcast podcast uh, pretty brief for you so you can finish it most of the time in most people's daily commute you can finish this podcast so check it out guys tell your smart device play podcast locked on cougars and always stay up to date with all the latest news in byu sports it's kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the usa and now through june 30 get zero percent apr for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, guys, our all-decade team rolls on as we honor the best players from the 2010s in a BYU football uniform. And kicker is an interesting position for BYU when it comes to this conversation because the kicking for BYU during the 2010s had a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Mitch Payne finished his career in 2010 as a BYU Cougar, a fantastic kicker, but just one season in the decade didn't necessarily qualify for me as being the best kicker of the decade. Yeah, guys like Justin Sorrell, who came in from Bingham High School having kicked 60-plus yard field goals at the high school level. All kinds of promise it felt like for Justin Sorensen. Could be an all-timer in a BYU uniform. Ultimately goes on a mission, suffers a couple of injuries, has a back injury that hurt him during his time at BYU and didn't necessarily live up to the hype that he had coming out of high school. So uh, Justin Sorensen deserves some plaudits for his efforts in a BYU uniform, just like Mitch Payne. You also can look at guys like our punter honoree in Riley Stevenson, who proved to be more than a reliable kicker during his limited attempts for BYU. But the guy we're going with here on Locked On Cougars, and I believe the Deseret News, Jay Drew, Dick Harmon, Jeff Call, and Brandon Gurney, who put together their all-decade team, had this young man as their kicker of the decade as well, is Trevor Sampson. I know he didn't have the biggest leg. I know he wasn't flashy. In terms of kicking, you weren't seeing him boot 50-yard field goals. And I do feel like a guy like Jake Oldroyd can become one of the all-timers in a BYU uniform as a kicker. But Trevor Sampson, for his efforts after transferring from Fresno City College, a junior college transfer, he is BYU's career leader in field goal percentage at 83.9%. You can't argue with that. The fact that he converted on most of his kicks 83% is a phenomenal percentage and I understand Samson didn't have the longest kicks in his BYU career I will freely admit that you guys can argue with me all you want about that and I will listen to it all day long but I look at it and I feel like Trevor Sampson was the most reliable kicker BYU had in their stable during the decade. Jake Oldroyd came on as a freshman, won that game at Arizona. You had guys like Rhett Allman who turned into be a pretty good kicker in his own right. But in terms of just overall percentage, converting the kicks that, was, that were given to him, Trevor Sampson is a guy that cannot be overlooked. 
BYU's kicking game going into the next decade, I feel like, is in good hands with Jake Oldroyd if what he showed against Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl is legitimate. He struggled during the middle part of this season, down the stretch, of course, was benched in favor of Skylar Southam in the regular season finale at San Diego State, but responded to that benching with a phenomenal outing, I felt like, in the Hawaii Bowl against uh, the University of Hawaii. If Oldroyd regains the form that he showed as a freshman before injuring his back, what he showed early on this past season in 2019 going into 2020 and beyond being just a redshirt freshman in 2019 you could have three more years of what could be one of the better kickers in BYU history just on early returns from a Jake Oldroyd we've seen it before with BYU think back through the past decade kickers came in with a lot of promise none more so than Justin Sorensen only to see injuries and other things preclude them from living up to the expectations and the hype the standard they would have set for themselves themselves. So going into the next decade, I feel like Jake Oldroyd's on the right track if what we have seen from him against Hawaii and early on this season becomes the norm for him versus what we saw in the middle part of 2019 and down the stretch when he was missing kicks, seemingly just lost it, it felt, it felt like, for a little bit there. But what he showed against Hawaii shows that I think he's regaining some of his confidence. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do for the Cougars going forward into 2020 and beyond. Will there be competition for him? I would guess that there will be. With Skylar Southam entering the NCAA transfer, portal I would expect that you're going to see at least a walk-on kicker or two join the fray during spring ball and probably during the summer on into fall camp to challenge Jake Oldroyd for that kicking spot. They need to make sure that he is at the top of his game. He's just not being handed the job because we've seen it in the past with other positions and kicker is very much a, a position that is in flux at every level of football. Kickers have it and lose it seemingly weekly. It's just a weird, weird phenomenon when it comes to kickers. But Trevor Sampson, our all-decade honoree at kicker for the Cougars. Like I said, you can't argue with a career conversion percentage on field goals at 83.9%. I know he didn't have the biggest leg, but when he was called upon, Trevor Sampson more often than not, and let's see, 83%, that's four times in five, he responded more than four times in five. He responded in a positive fashion and got you points. So Trevor Sampson, Locked on Cougars all-decade kicker as our 2010s all-decade team continues to roll on. We'll get more into this tomorrow and in the next few weeks as we break down all of the positions across the field. It's been a ton of fun to research this each and every day, getting ready for these segments. But Trevor Sampson, BYU kicker, the all-decade kicker for Locked on Cougars and their all-decade team from the 2010s. All right, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news and an interesting request from a listener that we'll get to here in just a moment as well. Before we do that, though, reminder for you guys that this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, essentially anywhere a podcast can be found and or listened to, you can download this. I would encourage you guys to subscribe on whichever podcast provider you prefer to use. More importantly, I'm asking you guys right now, please consider leaving us a good rating rating and review. Those five-star reviews, particularly on Apple Podcasts, are worth their weight in podcast gold. They make, for my life, making it a lot simpler to promote the podcast internally on the podcast provider sites and also just helps me feel like, hey, you're doing a good job, Jake. So I'd encourage you guys, if you don't mind taking but a moment to give us that rating and review, it really does help get the word about the show and it's a ton of fun to bring it to you each and every day. So I thank you in advance for your continued support, but also supporting us a little bit more with those ratings and reviews. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. 
Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, guys, as we close out today's edition of the podcast, I had an email from a listener, Brian, yesterday come in at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Feel free to drop us a note anytime. And he said, Jake, I've noticed on your Twitter feed, I'm at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter, if you want to listen to the show, that you tweet out a lot about Transfer Portal. You have sources that feed you information. I would like to know beyond football, what other BYU student athletes are in the Transfer Portal? And I thought that was kind of a unique request, but I'm going to acquiesce your request, Brian, and I'm going to let you know. I talked with some of my sources and got the list of recent entrants into the NCAA transfer portal amongst BYU student-athletes. So let's run down some of the names here. Obviously, we've talked about in the past, there are three BYU football players in the portal right now. Herkley Law, too, the defensive lineman slash linebacker, he left the program in fall camp and entered the NCAA transfer portal and remains active in the portal. We'll see where he ultimately lands. Scott Tyler Southam, as we mentioned in the last segment, he is in the transfer portal looking for more playing time as a kicker. And then Joe Critchlow, similarly, but will be a graduate transfer. He's looking for more playing time. He'll be leaving with two years of eligibility remaining at BYU. So those three BYU football players are in the transfer portal, but there are other athletes in there as well. Let's run down some of the names. Colby Leifson, a guy we broke the news on, a BYU basketball guard. He is in the transfer portal still right now. He left the program in the lead up to the season this past fall. Rebecca Geddes, uh, she is a cross country slash track athlete. She is in the she is in the NCAA transfer portal from BYU men's and women's track and field. I mentioned Joe Critchlow, Skyler Southam, and then Matthew Kitchen. He's a javelin thrower, a son of a former BYU athlete, threw the javelin for BYU on indoor and outdoor track. He is in the NCAA transfer portal. And most recently, this just came yesterday via our sources on the transfer portal, Madeline Robinson, a volleyball player from BYU who contributed a pretty high level this past season, has entered the NCAA transfer portal for BYU women's volleyball. So any of these athletes who are in the transfer portal and have not left for another school, Lacey Haddock-Epich was a graduate transfer from BYU. She finished out her eligibility in regular women's volleyball, but had eligibility remaining in women's sand volleyball. So she transferred just recently, enrolled at Loyola Marymount to play beach volleyball this coming semester in her final semester of eligibility. So stuff like that plays out. But Athletes who are in the NCAA transfer portal are eligible to be contacted by any and all programs around the country, but conversely, they also can remove their name from the NCAA transfer portal and return to the school they were originally at. Obviously, conversations with coaches and administrators will happen during this, but I will be happy, Brian, to continue to bring you guys transfer portal news as it comes along for all BYU student-athletes if it's something that you guys enjoy, and I thank Brian for reaching out and asking that question. I thought it was fantastic. Feel free to reach out with any of your guys' questions. We're going to do a mailbag segment on tomorrow's show. Had a lot of them already come in, but can always field a few more. At Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Feel free to reach out there. You also can 
send them to me at Jacob C. Hatch, or like I said, via email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. All right, everything else going on in BYU sports tonight. A lot of uh, sports actually kicking off their seasons tonight. So let's run down everything you need to know. The BYU men's and women's track and field teams. We just mentioned a couple of the athletes who are in the NCAA transfer portal from those programs. Well, they're hosting the BYU Indoor Invite, their official first uh, meet or invite invitational event of the 2020s. They'll be hosting that this Thursday, today through Saturday at the BYU campus in the Smith Fieldhouse. Local programs, Westminster, Utah State, Weber State will be participating in this alongside BYU. So we'll look to see how BYU does in that event. Women's tennis is in the islands this week in Honolulu, Hawaii, at the University of Hawaii Tennis Complex for the Hawaii Invitational. That begins today and runs through Saturday. So best of luck to the women's tennis program in action there. And then also coming up tonight, like I said, BYU men's basketball in action against St. Mary's, 9 o'clock Mountain Time in Moraga, California, University Credit Union Pavilion. Game will be broadcast live on ESPN2. Also live broadcast, Gregor Bell and Mark Durant on BYU Radio, up and down your dial. You can check that out, all of the links on BYUCougars.com. We'll recap everything that happens tonight, preview the weekend ahead for you on tomorrow's podcast, obviously recapping BYU against St. Mary's. And like I said, a BYU listener, our Locked on Cougar listener, mailbag segment on tomorrow's podcast as well. Always fun to be with you guys. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Thursday. We will talk to you soon. This has been Locked on Cougars for January 9th, 2020. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.